This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll Another week of Hasidic stories. Shalom Aleichem, my sweetest, sweetest, sweetest friends. Reb Matole, Reb Mordechai of Chernobyl, is one of the greatest, greatest tzaddikim of his generation. He, of course, was the son of Reb Nachem of Chernobyl, who was a Hasid of the Helegabal Shemtov. And you know, the great Rebbe, Rebbe Nachman, he tells everyone to come and visit his grave in Uman. Because if you don't know, my sweetest friends, I teach a class in the Kutei Moran every Tuesday night here in Jerusalem. It's also available on Facebook. If you want to watch it live, you're welcome to look me up on Facebook and watch the lessons live from 8 to 9 on Tuesday nights. So, after many years of teaching this class, I come across one of the Torahs in the Kutei Moran. Rabbi Nachman says that the beginning of every spiritual downfall is the lack of motivation to come and visit the tzaddik, meaning himself. And so after many years of delaying, I actually bought a ticket and I went to Ukraine and I visited the graves of many of the tzaddikim that I tell stories of. And one of them was this great Rebbe, Reb Mordechai of Chernobyl. So Reb Matale, who was also known as Reb Mordechai, one day an old woman comes to him and says, Rebbe, quick, you need to come to my house. My husband is dying and he needs to see you before he leaves this world. Reb Matale says, dying, chas v'shalom, God forbid. She says, no, Rebbe, you don't understand. My husband's an old man. He's been dying for years, but now he's really dying. If he says he's dying, there's no question. So please, Rebbe, bring a minion and come to my house. My husband is waiting for you. And so Reb Matale and his minion come to the house of this old woman and her husband, who was an old water carrier. It was clear that the moment the Reb Matale walked into the house, and remember Reb Matale was one of the holiest Jews alive at the time, he opens the door of the house and he looks into the bedroom. And he was so blown away by the energy coming out of the room that he almost fainted. And he had to lean up against the doorframe and wait for him to regain his balance. He took a deep breath and walked through the front door. He goes into the bedroom and there he sees an old man who for sure was a water carrier. He had worked hard his whole life and Reb Matula could see it in his hands and his legs and his feet. And he was laying on a mattress made out of straw with a little pillow made out of straw on a dirt floor in an old broken down house. And Reb Matale pulls up a little crate and sits down next to the bedside of the old water carrier. And the old man looks up at the Rebbe. He says, Shalom Aleichem, Rebbe. I'm so happy that you came. I know you're very busy, Rebbe, and I'm sorry to bother you, but I have to speak with somebody who can understand me. And he started crying. Ah, ha, ha. And Reb says, my sweetest friend, what's wrong? He says, Rebbe, I'm dying. And Ramatul says, I know, that's why I came here. Your wife said that you told her that you're going to leave this world and you need to speak with me. What did you need to speak with me about? He says, Rebbe, I know you're busy and I'm sorry for taking up your time. He starts to cry again. So Ramatale takes the hand of this old Jew and he says, please, my friend, tell me, what is hurting you so much? And the water carrier says, Rebbe, I know I'm going to leave this world and I'm thinking back over my life and I realize that I've never done a good deed in my entire life. 
When I get up to Shemayim, when I get up to heaven, what am I going to tell Hashem? I haven't done anything. What did I do my whole life? The Rebbe says, it's impossible. I can't believe that a man of your age, clearly a religious Jew, never did any mitzvot his entire life. You didn't do anything exceptional your whole life? How could it be? The Rebbe is holding the hand of the water carrier says, Please, my friend, think back over your life. Tell me whatever comes to mind. The water carrier closes his eyes. He's holding the Rebbe's hand. And he says, Rebbe, I don't see anything. It's all dark. I don't remember a thing. So the Rebbe said, It's okay. Let's start with your first memories. Tell me what you did when you were a little boy. And so he starts talking about his first memories and going to Cheder and growing up. And eventually, when he reaches the age of 14, he tells the Rebbe, Rebbe, you know, I grew up in the country because my father was a farmer. And I helped him on the farm. We raised potatoes and carrots, onions. We had chickens. We had cows. And we also had horses. And I was very good with the horses. I could ride them without a saddle. I could tame even the wildest horse. I was so fearless that I could see a horse running at full speed and I would grab its reins and bring it to a halt. (laughs) Then the Rebbe sees that the eyes of the water carrier lit up and he said, Rebbe, I remembered something just now. One time I was walking across a field near the highway and I saw a bride and groom that had clearly just gotten married were sitting in their wagon laughing, staring at one another. It was clear that they were so in love with one another that they didn't realize that the horses were running too fast. They didn't slow the horses down, and they were already out of control, and they were going so fast down a hill. If they didn't stop soon, the wagon was going to flip over, and chas v'shalom, everyone would be killed. So without even thinking, I jumped into the middle of the road, just when the horses were about to arrive there. And when the horses saw me, they were shocked. They jumped up for a second. I grabbed hold of the reins and I told the bride and groom, Quick, jump off the wagon. They jumped off and I jumped to the side and the horses ran like crazy. They raced to the bottom of the hill, just like I knew they would. And the wagon turned over. (laughs) Both of the horses were killed. But the Chatan and Kala were saved. And then once the water carrier remembered this, he started remembering more good things he had done in his life. And when he finished, Reb Matala said to him, I think you have enough good deeds to speak for yourself when you get upstairs to the heavenly court. And the water carrier agreed. He said, thank you, Rebbe. I don't know how I can thank you enough for what you've done for me. And the Rebbe said, well, actually, there is a way you can thank me. He said, Rebbe, what can I do for you? He said, this Friday night, after I make Kiddush, I want you to come to me and tell me how you were judged in the heavenly court. You know, the Rebbe brought with him ten Hasidim. They're standing there listening to this, and they're shocked. But the water carrier says, yes, of course, Rebbe. I'll be happy to do it if they let me. And then Reb Matale and the water carrier said, Shema Yisrael together. And with that, the water carrier closed his eyes and took his last breath and left this world. And they buried the water carrier, and the Rebbe came to the first day of Shiva. Then a few days passed, and it was Friday night, and all of the Hasidim were waiting to see what would happen after Reb Matale made Kiddush. They all knew the water carrier's promise, and as Reb Matale was sitting at the head of the table after making Kiddush, suddenly his face turns red, then it went white, 
and then red again, and white and red again, and then he had a huge smile on his face. And when the color went back to normal in his face, he noticed that all of the Hasidim were silent, completely silent, and staring at him. And Reb Matali understood. He says to the Hasidim, Before I explain to you what happened with the water carrier, you have to know how holy this Jew was. When I walked into his house, I saw the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, hovering over his head. And it was so intense that I had to grab the doorway to prevent myself from falling over. And I know from my father that only one man in every generation has a holy light like that. And this Yidale, this water carrier, was a tzaddik, a great tzaddik. But he didn't know it about himself, because how could he? As the Heilige Baal Shem Tov said, better a rasha that knows he's a rasha than a tzaddik that knows he's a tzaddik. Better an evil person that knows he's an evil person than a righteous person that knows that he's righteous. A person only becomes less holy when they are aware of their holiness, and especially if they make any accounting of anything good that they've done. And so this Jew was so holy that he didn't even realize all of the mitzvot and good deeds that he had done in his entire life. That's why I made a deal with him to tell me what happens when he reaches the heavenly court. Because even the greatest tzaddik has to put all of their deeds in the scales of justice, good, and bad, and be judged for their actions in this world. And the water carrier kept his promise. He came to me just now and told me what happened. He said to me, before I went before the heavenly court, the angels came and began setting up the scale of justice to weigh my actions in this world. To be honest, I was a little afraid. But before they even could look at the first deed, there was a huge amount of noise. Everyone stops and turns to see a cart, a wagon, with a bride and groom riding quickly down a hill. They were going so fast that they came and knocked over the scale of justice. And then the groom says to me, My sweetest friend, quickly, while we have a chance. Without thinking or waiting for the horses to slow down, I jumped on the wagon and they took me straight into heaven. The same favor I had done for them, they did for me. And that's how holy this great tzaddik the water carrier was. Even when he reached the world to come, he was still worried that he had never actually done anything good and was relieved when he was saved by the chatan and kala, by the bride and groom who he had saved so many years before. You see, when a person is davening, if they say, Hashem, please give me the chance to do this mitzvah. Please give me the chance to help this other person. Then there's room for a relationship with Hashem. But if every time a person does a good deed or a mitzvah, they say, Hashem, I hope you wrote that one down. I hope you're keeping good books upstairs. Then there's no room for a real relationship with Hashem. And so it is with other people when we're always making an accounting. I gave this person that much tzedakah. I did this favor for that person. Then we don't really leave room for a relationship. But when we say, Hashem gave me the schut, the merit, to help this Jew out. And Hashem gave me the merit to do this good deed for that person. Then we make room for the relationship with our fellow Jews and everyone else. And also Hashem. Yeah, 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 yeah
I have one more story for you. The great Torah scholar, Rabbi Simcha Abu Braka, once became very ill in being a misnagid, not being a believer in Hasidic rebbe's. His mother saw that her son was so sick and doctors weren't able to help him that secretly, without his knowledge, she went to the great Rebbe, Rebbe Elimelech of the Janks, and asked for a bracha for her son's recovery. And he told her, Bezrat Hashem, your son will fully recover. And I'll tell you exactly what to do. He said, when you arrive back home, you'll see that your son is going to be worse off than before. But not to worry, because the ports of the area, the landowner, is going to have a huge party. And at the party will be three doctors from the big city of Lelov. And there, you should go to the doctors and ask them to examine your son. And when they come, they're going to see how weak he is. And they're going to say, no, they don't think he's going to make it. But I'm telling you, don't give up hope. Because after they leave the house, one of the doctors is going to fall down. He's going to trip in the marketplace. And another doctor is going to help him up. And at that moment, one of them is going to suddenly remember a certain medicine that will be able to help your son. The doctor is going to come back to your house and give you a prescription. And when you give your son the medicine and he improves, I want you to go and visit my holy brother, the tzaddik, Abzusha. Okay, the woman says, thank you, Rebbe. And she goes back home. She sees that, chas v'shalom, God forbid, her son really was worse off than before. But then she hears that the porridge is putting on a big party. She goes there and she finds the three doctors. She convinces them to come to her son. One of them falls in the market, remembers the medicine. She gives it to her son. And just like Rebbe Lemelech said, he fully recovered. And the son, who didn't believe in Rebbe's, was actually opposed to the Hasidim. He was very moved because he knew how sick he was. He said, before we go to visit Rebbe Zusha, I want to go to Rebbe Lemelech and see him with my own eyes. And as soon as Rebbe Lemelech saw him, he said to Rebbe Simcha, you did not follow my instructions. I told you to visit my brother, Rebbe Zusha. And Rebbe Simcha, he said, I'm, Rebbe, I'm still sick. I haven't fully, fully recovered. And Rabbi Elimelech said, you go to my brother Abzusha, and you will have a full recovery, not just of your body, but also your soul. And you should go right now. So they traveled to Hanapoli, where Abzusha was. And there's a man in the street who comes over to Reb Simcha. And he says, Simcha, I don't have guests for Shabbos. I want you to be my guest for Shabbos. And Reb Simcha, he didn't even know who this guy was. And how does a stranger from a distant city even know his name? So Reb Simcha sees a teenage boy walking around, and he says to him, Who's that man that just spoke with me? And the teenage boy says, Oh, that's our Rebbe, Reb Zusha. And Reb Simcha was so happy that he ran into Reb Zusha. The second that he got to town, he went with him to his house. Now it was Friday afternoon, and the Rebbe said to him, Simcha, have you gone over the weekly Parsha yet of the Torah reading? And Simcha said, No. And Reb Zusha said, Take a chumash, go over the Parsha right now. And after he did, and Reb Zusha said, Now we're going to go to the mikveh. When I go under the water, you dip under the water at the same time. It's very important that we go down together, come up together. So Reb Simcha says, yeah, no problem, Rebbe, I'm with you. And so they got out and they got dressed. And Reb Zusha says to him, Simcha, you're a Torah scholar. Think of all the kushiot, of all the difficult questions you've had in your studies. And tell me if you still have them. And all of a sudden... Simcha realized that all of the difficult passages in the Talmud, in the Rishonim, and anything that he couldn't understand up until then completely made sense to him now. And he had the answers to all of the questions. And he went back to his room and he took out all kinds of volumes of the Talmud, every place where there was a passage that he couldn't understand. And all of a sudden, he easily understood them. And there weren't even any questions left. 
And after spending Shabbos with Reb Zusha, being blown away by the holy light coming out of the Rebbe, Reb Simcha became one of the most devoted Hasidim of the Rebbe, Reb Zusha. And that's how the great Rebbe's used to work. They didn't need to come to you with arguments and proofs. They could see straight into your soul and know exactly what you needed. And even though we don't have great Rebbe's like that anymore, we can still learn stories about them. And in that way, be connected. Bezat Hashem. Be guided and inspired in the same way as in the olden days. Thank you so much for listening, my sweetest friends, as always. It's such a pleasure for me to tell the stories. I want to thank one of the new supporters of this podcast, the Nunez family and their twin daughters, Malka, Mariasha, and Clara Shoshana, and of course their whole family. Thank you so much for listening and for the wonderful compliments you sent and the brachas you sent. May you be blessed back as well. And for anybody who's listening that would like to become a supporter of the podcast, you can just go to my website, HasidicStory.com, and give a contribution there. And thank you to all of the contributors and all of the listeners. And remember, my sweetest friends, we're now in Rosh Chodesh Adar. And to get ready for the Holy Day of Purim, you need a lot more work than to get ready for the Holy Day of Yom Kippurim. So if you haven't started yet, get to it. The Holy Day is coming, and we have to be ready. Until then, my sweetest friends, Chodesh Tov, Good Chodesh, and Zai Gesund.